0: feels like the calm before the storm. So you've got, like the market's doing nothing. You've got Bitcoin doing nothing. Uh, $23,082 waiting for the big FOMC meeting. Now, I wonder if Powell's gonna end the rally today because it's been an amazing rally in January. In fact, for Bitcoin, it's been the most amazing uh, start to the year. I think since 2013, Bitcoin closed the year, just under 39 point, just under 40% up at 39.63% up. What is gonna happen? Is Powell gonna destroy the party tonight? Or is Bitcoin going to go up to 25 and maybe even 30,000? That's what we're going to talk about today. And I've also got Gareth Soloway here. I'm dying to know how he's trading the FOMC today. So it's going to be a big show. Let's go, go, go. Get the fuck out
1: of bed, bitch, Go. Get up, bitch. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up.
0: wakey wakey rise and shine let me know if you're here in the room if you're here just say present Goran if you're here say present George if you're here say present Maria if you're here say present I want to make sure everybody's in class because it's going to be another big show today David Stoner if you're here say present Pajama Donkey I know you say present if you're here Dimi if you're here say present all right let's go 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 it's a big day today we've got the FOMC meeting that we've been looking forward to for so long um, it's the first FOMC meeting of the year happening today on the first day of Feb. What is Powell going to do? Is he going to ruin the party or is he going to continue the rally? Because I think he's caught between a rock and a hard place. And I'll show you why I think he's caught between a rock and a hard place. I found a tweet that looks, that maps out the scenarios. It says, FOMC scenarios, there are no winners here. Either delaying the pain or short-term cut to recession. If Powell goes dovish tonight, if he goes easy, if he goes easy tonight, we get a rally, then financial conditions ease. The dollar goes down, but inflation goes up. And if inflation goes up, then we got to look at more rate hikes. If it goes hawkish, the market crashes. Financial conditions tighten, the dollar goes down, the dollar goes up, inflation goes down, but then we get a recession. So the big question is what is Powell going to do today? The, the, the bets today are that he is going to go with 25 basis points. And probably people think that he's going to come out hawkish there. So 99.9% of people believe that Powell's going to come out today with a 25 basis point rate hike, but that he's going to come out a little bit hawkish to try and tame the market. So that's what we're expecting for today. It's going to be a big day. What I need you guys to do is subscribe to the channel. If you're not already subscribed, we need to get to 600,000 subscribers. And if you are here and if you're part of the fam, smash the like button because we're going to bring on Gareth Solloway now and we're going to talk about how he is trading the FOMC meeting. Gareth, welcome back, brother.
1: Hey, thanks for having me back, Rand. Great to be here.
0: Very interested to know how you're trading this FOMC. And then I've got a whole lot of questions for you about this rally because it's been an amazing, amazing rally on markets. I saw, I don't know if you saw this, but I saw I saw this earlier showing that every pretty much every risk asset has rallied. Bitcoin went up 39.6% destroyed everyone else. But then if you go slightly down the risk spectrum, you got um, NASDAQ went up 10.68% in January, the Dow Jones 2.83% in January, the Eurostox 6% in January, gold up 6.32%. Basically, everything has rallied. What do you think Powell's going to do tonight?
1: So so first off, let's keep in mind that Powell doesn't want the risk assets rallying. He doesn't want the stock market to rally. He doesn't want crypto to rally because ultimately that increases people's worth, their net worth, and it makes them more likely to buy goods. Buying goods, the more people attempt to buy goods, the more prices will go up. So so I think we have to be careful here. You're coming into a Fed meeting off of a very big January rally across the board. Uh, Be careful. He's going to be hawkish. The question is, is he going to be more hawkish than the markets? anticipate so so definitely be a little careful here this is not something to play around with for me i have a little bit on the short side of the overall stock market looking for a pullback um but again you know it's one of those things where you just want to be super cautious
0: okay so it looks like everybody has priced in a 25 basis point rate hike except piper sander they're pricing in 50 basis point rate hike do you think there's any chance that he comes out here today and he gives us a 50 basis point rate hike and he catches the market by surprise?
1: I don't think so. You know, for the most part, the Fed has made a policy of not surprising the markets. And I think with inflation already coming down, he doesn't feel the need to shock the markets. But I think he can get his point across within that statement, right? So the 25 basis point is what the market expects. Then there's going to be the statement within that policy hike. And then ultimately, remember, he has a press conference at 2.30 p.m. Eastern time where he can kind of shape. So what my guess is he'll look and see what the markets are doing after the rate hike if the markets are rallying when he comes out for that speech at that that conference call he'll probably be more hawkish trying to talk the markets down
0: wow okay so listen just for for those of you who don't know we are going to be live today uh just we're going to be live on youtube and we're going to be live on twitter spaces we're doing a duel we're doing youtube which is going to be a little bit more visual and we're doing a twitter spaces today if you're not already part of our twitter spaces go to my uh twitter profile at crypto Man Run. Set yourself a reminder, we're going to be live uh, at about one o'clock EST, which is about one and a half hours before Powell goes live. Um, or maybe, yeah, we'll be live around then. And then we'll take you guys right through the FOMC and everything else. Gareth, you said you're short. Let's look at the charts. Show me what your charts are, are showing you for Bitcoin and for the, 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 the NASDAQ and the S&P. Let's look at what the charts are saying.
1: Yeah. So here's the S&P chart, the SPY, and what we can see is there's this trend line and we've been kind of hovering underneath it. We're coming into this high here. But again, the markets are extended in the near term. And if we zoom out, we've had quite the rally. Yeah, we're down off of the highs. But I would just be cautious considering over the month of January, the S&P has risen pretty substantially, right? So the market is pricing in a more dovish Fed because of the rally. If we don't get that, that's problematic later this year i still have it priced in that the s&p is going to come down towards the 3400 level and maybe even the 3000 level so there's some downside there to be had remember that even when the fed goes to neutral meaning no more hikes they're not going to be cutting rates and they're not going to do it even in a recession, right? It's going to have to be a horrendous recession for them to get off the seat with inflation still elevated. So people have to be tempered. You know, remember, when the markets were going up, everyone said, don't fight the Fed. The Fed's printing money. Just go along the markets. And it worked. So now they're kind of in the opposite camp. We have to be still a little bit on the careful side. For
0: Bitcoin, right, well, Yeah, talk, right? talk to me about Bitcoin.
1: Yep. So Bitcoin here. One of the things that caught me as an intriguing aspect on Sunday, we had this pop on Bitcoin. I always caution people don't believe crypto moves on the weekends because big money is not participating. And so notice how on Monday we came right back in. You're stuck right in this range here, a perfect range where you could break out or break down on the Fed. One of them is going to happen. I think one or the other. If we break below twenty-two thousand three hundred, you're going to take a dump into the twenty-one 21300 range right here. If we can break above here and take out this recent high at twenty-four thousand, you should head up to this twenty-five thousand level right here. Uh, overall, I think the crypto rally is long in the tooth. I do. I am kind of more on the negative side right now. You know that from the last time we talked. Um, so you know whether or not we pop to twenty-five k or not. I still think we're coming back in
0: wow long in the tooth that's not really what i wanted to hear about the crypto rally i was hoping you'd say we still got a long way to go but okay i i think i get your your view one last chart before you go because i know you're quite uh, you got you got to go to the market opening or the market belt dixie the dixie came down quite strongly on the on the jobs data today
1: yes Yeah, absolutely. So we can see this dollar here. This is the DXY chart here. It is coming back in. The only thing you got to be careful about is this could reverse 100% if the Fed says something very, very hawkish. So the markets love this kind of negative dollar. The markets rally on negative dollars. But if we see a big pop in the dollar and we are near support on the U.S. dollar right here then all of a sudden we could end up getting a sell-off in risk assets. And that's kind of my theme of why I think the markets are getting close to the end of their run. Crypto is because the dollar is due for a technical bounce right here. And then take a look at this longer-term trend line from this pivot through here, through this little low. And it's right there, just a little bit below where we are. So again, that does leave the possibility we could have a little bit of a pop here on the Fed today. But ultimately, just be careful. We're coming into support on the dollar. If the dollar bounces, usually asset prices sell off.
0: So look, the way I see it is, you've got the dollar hitting serious resistance. You've got Bitcoin tackling that 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 range. You've got the S and P at serious resistance. You've got a catalyst today. All those resistances are quite serious resistances. And based on the fact that those are quite serious resistances, you could probably imagine that they're not going to break first time round. And I guess that that's probably how we see Pal. Today, if I were to phone you tomorrow at the same time and say to you Gareth, where do you see bitcoin tomorrow at the same time so just twenty four hours after the after the the uh, fomc where 's bitcoin tomorrow at the same time
1: wow that's a you, you <laughs> throw hardball questions at me. Um, yeah. I'm good at um, I would say so. If I had to predict it, I would say we're testing the 22,300 level tomorrow. So, you know, a little bit of a dip, not a huge one, but I think that that could be the angle where we go. And then remember, we got big earnings on Thursday after the close Amazon, Google, and Apple. The reason that's important for crypto is that if we see a big stock market sell on those earnings, crypto could also come down vice versa. If they rally big, then that would also be a catalyst for upside. So the next three days, right? The Fed today, Earnings tomorrow after the market close, and Friday, the jobs data, all big for crypto here. We're going to see some sort of move by the weekend that's going to be big. We're going to know which direction this thing is going.
0: All right, Gareth, thanks, man. You need to go and uh, open the market. Thank,
1: thank, you, thank you very so much. Much. Much, left,
0: much left from the fam. Much left from the fam. So, okay, so that's how Gareth's trading it. He says this rally is a bit long in the tooth. Long in the tooth. That's such a. Okay. So he says the rally is long in the tooth. I'm long into the rally. Anyway, um, by the way, no one's won the Rolex, just so here it is. No one's won it. We'll keep drawing every day. 2,000 likes, we draw the Rolex. I need to give away three Rolexes. I don't know how else to explain it to you guys. I need to give away three Rolexes. Please, could someone actually claim the Rolex? Please, we need to do that. All right, Um, let's talk about the markets and let's look at what the markets are looking at. But let's just look at where we're at. And you know, I love the bubbles. dydx had a huge pump i, I saw it yesterday three dollars and five cents it's now three dollars 13. phantom finally broke the 50 cent level went to 55 cents um still hovering above 50 cents we're going to talk about phantom we're going to talk about x Axi- uh, we're going to talk about um aptos we're going to talk about filecoin we're going to talk about solana we're going to talk about dydx we're going to talk about ethereum so there's lots of altcoins to talk about but i think Quickly, off to my dentist, long in the tooth, you guys. Okay, let's quickly talk about um, where we're at. As I said to you, January was an amazing, amazing month for markets, not only for Bitcoin. I mean, Bitcoin had an amazing month, but Bitcoin was probably the most oversold of the markets. We need to celebrate what January did, because if you look at it on the S&P 500, we did break that long-term trend. We did get the golden cross on the on the, um, S&P 500, both very, very bullish. So. We've got to celebrate January the nasdaq had its best start of the year since two thousand and one remember 2000, 90, 98, 99, eight ninety nine two thousand was the worst um the worst time for the nasdaq now since then we've we've had the best opening uh, for the nasdaq eleven percent in January, which has never happened before. Bitcoin went up about forty percent in in uh, in 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 January but more importantly is what we did in January. So the first thing we did in January, we broke through the trend line. We broke through the pre the pre FTX high. We broke through the two hundred day moving average, as if it was batter that was warmed. Um, we then, if you look at it at this, if you look at the monthly candle for Bitcoin, it was a month a monthly candle that engulfed the f- previous four months. It's almost like in one month we made up more ground than we lost in the previous four months. That's you know, before the FTX collapse. So you've got to look at all of these things and realize how big January was. So if we do get a pullback, it's not the end of the world. It's just that, look, we've had this incredible, incredible, incredible month. And when you have an incredible month, you you have to celebrate it, but you also have to realize that the market could come back. You have liquidity back. When I say liquidity, it means more people are back in the market. You see, more people are back in the market. If you look at the 2% market depth you can see we're back at pre-FTX levels. So it means that people are coming into the market. And Yurin, who's, who's who generally comes on our show, he says, look, it's not really a January thing. It's a trend thing. And he says, the trend is now in motion. He says, look, yes, it's the market is up in January. The rest of the year is likely to follow, but that can be said for any month. Market trends and a trend in motion needs to stay in motion. It's good news, but it's not because it's January. So what he's saying is we are in a trend now and the trend is up. And as we keep going more and more up, what you realize is even you will get more and more FOMO. Everybody gets more and more FOMO on the way up. I mean, I'm getting more and more FOMO. Money that I said I wouldn't deploy, I landed up deploying because that is how these rallies suck you in. Now you're got to make a decision. You're going to make a decision to decide whether you believe this is a bear market rally. And it could be a bear market rally. It, re- it really could be a bear market rally. As Aisha Tarek says, she says, look, there have been 20 bear market rallies, all of them over 15% since 1927. That means that 20 bear market rallies in 100 years, more or less, in in, in 100 years. And some of them have even gone quite long, 47 days in 2008 with a rally of up to 24%. So it could be a bear market rally, or it could be the beginning of a bull market, okay? Michael Burry he is a known short seller. You know, like some people are just born long and or or born short. And I don't mean down there. I mean, some people are just born thinking long, like me and Sheldon. And some people are born like Kyle and they think short, like they're not positive, bullish people. So this guy was born very short, very, very short. He was born like that. So he tweeted and he said, sell. So immediately, look, I, I needed to know how he was related to El Capo. I wanted to know if it was through the mom's side or the dad side, because it wasn't quite clear to me whether he was. Uh, I tweeted at him. I said, look, so how are you related to El Capo? Is it on the mom's side or is it on the, on the dad side? Now, Michael Barry is famous for the big short. You, you all know that. He, I mean, he was half right here. He said, um, you have no idea how short I am. I mean, since then the market's up, but I guess the market, you could say the market did go up did go down after his call. It went up and then down. So that's, that's. he believes this is a bear market rally and that we're going to come down. Um, as I said, I did ask him if he's related, how he's related to Kyle or Kappa. I think he's on, on, with Kyle, he's on the mom side and Kapo, is on the dad side. I'm not sure. I'm waiting for him to respond. Um, Wifey Alpha says we're in stage two of this inflationary bear market. Stage one was the easiest. Stage two is a bear market rally town where we're going to get movement stage three is panic and stage four is depression with deflation you decide i was firmly 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 in the camp that we were in a bull market and that this was not a bear market ready. i was firmly in that camp but then this happened okay then then this happened you, you no doubt saw it
1: so i think many of us have forgotten what a real bull market looks like or they never seen it at all you know what it looks like it looks like today When we see the signs of a real bull, you need to change your approach to down days like yesterday. In a bull market, they're just like the days when Jimmy Chill is in his garden deadheading, clipping the dying brain.
0: So he's saying that we're in a bull market. Now that worries me because if he's saying in a bull market, I'm not sure that that's what we're in a bull market. Another sign that we may be in a bull market is that Tom Brady announces that he's retiring from NFL. Now you remember that the last time Tom Brady retired from NFL, he went full-time into crypto. That was in the peak of the bull market. He's doing it again. He hasn't told us exactly what crypto is going in, but he is saying that he's retiring from the NFL. So that must be uh, another sign that we're in the peak of of a bull market. On a more serious note, uh, you did get the MACD flip and that again indicates a bottom. You can see it's gone from red to green and every time it does go from red to green, it does usually symbolize uh, or show the bottom. So I don't know. I'm just looking at, at the data. You are, if you believe... If you believe that we're in a bull market, if you if you believe that, which is what I believe, I believe that we've been through the worst, and that we're now in a bull market, you've got to kind of appreciate where we are in the in the market. Now, usually people spoke about how many days to 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 from the top to the bottom, but this is another flip of the chart of that chart, and this shows days since the bottom. So. Let's look at what in previous markets, since we hit the bottom, what has Bitcoin actually done? And this is the orange line is what happened since the bottom in 2015. And you can see the market recovered, but it wasn't a straight line. It was up and then down, and then slightly up and then down. And actually here, it was very close to the bottom. If not, yeah, it's very close to the bottom. And only then did we shoot up. And that took 250 days to do that. In 2018, It took the market, if you look at days since the bottom, it took the market about 110, 115 days to actually gain real momentum. So now the question is, what's gonna happen this time? You can see, we're off to a good start. We're kind of mimicking 2015, but I don't think it's gonna be immediate that we're just gonna go and shoot up and and get up to you. I think it's gonna be a grind first. And then of course, I think at some point, we're gonna get a pump. If you believe that, if you believe we're in a bull market, then you need to also understand where we are relative to 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 all time highs or relative to where we've come from so yes we've broken these one month trends multi month trends actually this this is an injective protocol um, on phantom on on uh, Frax, but still we're we're still very 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 far from from bull market uh, from from uh, bull market territory so that's what you've got to decide and today i think in a couple of hours we'll actually have slightly better, a slightly better view, because we'll have Powell talking the markets. We know he's gonna give us 25 basis points. I think that's all, I mean, that's that's confirmed. But after that, he's gonna be talking, and I think he's going to try and come out hawkish. The question is what he can do. He can come out and say, look, we're not, none of the members believe that we will reduce rates this year. They could come out again and say something like, um, do the dot plot and show that that rates are going to go slightly higher because the market's only pricing in one more 25 basis point rate hike this year. So that's what they could be doing. We will be live. As I said, join us, go to my Twitter. Now we'll be live here on YouTube and we'll be live on, on Twitter. We've got a huge guests today. We've got, um, Peter Schiff, Ralph Paul. Um, I think macro elf is joining. Alex Kruger is joining. A lot of people are, um, a lot of people, a lot of people are, um, uh, joining us tonight on the Twitter Spaces. So join us. Go and set a reminder so it'll tell you exactly when we are going live. Um, yes, yeah, so I think I think that's it. Remember, Powell's managing inflation. We think that inflation could come up in January. In fact, the the Cleveland Fed is saying that inflation could go as high as 0.63% up in January. Um, so I think that that probably is priced in. So let's just wait and see what happens. Cool, so that's Bitcoin, that's the FOMC meeting. Let's talk about Ethereum. Ethereum hasn't had such a good month from a, a pricing point of view. I mean, let's just quickly go to the beginning of January. We haven't spoken that much around Ethereum because it hasn't really done too much in terms of price. In fact, Ethereum is up, okay, 32% in January is not bad. Bitcoin was up 40%. The altcoins were up a, a whole lot more. Um, I think there's a reason why Ethereum is not going up. And we need to talk about that reason because it might be an opportunity to be buying some Ethereum because when it lags, eventually it might shoot back and go above. So from a fundamentals point of view, ETH has been deflationary since the EIP-1559 uh, upgrade. It's burned 5,307 5, ETH. January is the first month where we got real, real action. And in January... 10,145 ETH were net were burnt. So it just shows you how powerful this deflationary thing on ETH is going to happen. Now, the reason why I think the ETH price is being a little bit subdued is because of the Shanghai upgrade. Now, the test net for the Shanghai upgrade went up today or is going up today or went up today. I haven't checked if it's up or not. And the Shanghai upgrade will allow staked ETH, ETH that is staked in validator nodes to be unstaked. Now, today, there are a whole lot of ETH that are staked. In fact, let's quickly look at what percentage of ETH are staked. So, right now, 14% of all the Ethereum in uh, of all the Ethereums st- are staked. That's 27 billion dollars worth of Ethereum are currently staked. Now, you cannot withdraw those ETH because once you've staked with Ethereum, you can't withdraw them. And there is a concern in the market that people. Well, when they get a chance to withdraw the ETH for the first time, it will start putting sell pressure on the market. A lot of people are saying that, Yeah, I'll show you this. Yeah, it says a lot of people are saying 82% of the ETH staked is currently underwater, which means that of the ETH that staked, 82% of it was bought at prices that were higher than the prices today. So the idea that everyone is up big and they'll want to an exit and take profit doesn't match the data. The question is, if people are down, Will they want to withdraw the ETH and sell the data or are they happy uh, or sell them or are they happy to just keep them in the contract and to keep earning the validator rewards, which right now are around three or 4% in ETH. So that's why I think ETH hasn't performed, but it has created the rise of a new narrative and that narrative, not a new narrative, but a hot narrative, which is liquid staking. So you can stake your Ethereum in places like Lido or Frax or Rocket Pool, and you can because you don't want to run a validator and you need 32 Ethereum to actually run a validator, you can just stake it um, on one of these these platforms. You can stake them on Lido, Coinbase, Rocket Pool, Frax. If you stake them on Lido, Coinbase, Rocketpool, you will get about four, four and a half percent return. If you stake them on Frax, you're getting yourself about 7.6% return, okay? So because Frax is subsidizing the returns, I think with their own tokens. So I think that's that's a a good one. They are growing quite aggressively. So uh, I think Frax has got about 78,000 ETH staked. Let's quickly have a look here, 78,000 ETH staked, And that's, you can see that, I think I saw that they were flying. I do want to talk about Arweave; but it's one of the ones I'm t- I want to talk about today um, before the price goes up too much. I think this one's going to have a run. We'll talk about it in a second. Um, so the staking narrative is huge. And I think that the staking narrative, when the Shanghai upgrade goes live, I think these staking um, pools are going to, uh, explode in value. Now we've been—we're obviously investors in Frax. We're investors in um, Lido. Um, I, I think it is a narrative. I think when the institutions come here, yeah, they're not going to want to run their own validator nodes. They, they're going to outsource these to to Frax or to Lido or to whatever else. Um, and so that's a big narrative. But I think that that's what's keeping the the um, the ETH price down. You can see that Lido currently has the, the lion's share of the staking. Then after that, I think it's Coinbase. And then after that i think it is rocket pool and then you get a whole lot of other ones all the way down so that's why i think um the ethereum narrative is is um is slightly subdued and maybe a good buy because remember in this market you want to be buying things that haven't run as much as others because then what happens is they play catch up so this is probably a good time to talk about arweave Um, we've been following arweave for a long time we've been telling you that we think it's very 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 undervalued and i kind of thought that when this thing pops, it's going to pop. And I think it's, it's popping. I think this is the beginning of the pop. Um, I, yeah, I think our weave is the beginning of a pop. Fundamentally, it's a very strong project. The size of the weave or the data that they store is, um, is growing exponentially every single month. And I think that this one has been lagging. So unlike um, Aptos and Matic and all those, this one, in my mind, has been slightly lagging just in general. The other one that I think is lagging is Solana. So I think Solana, because of the FTX overhang of tokens, I think Solana was hit very hard. You'll remember that before FTX, Solana was trading at about $35. Then FTX happened and it went all the way down to $8.80. And now it's almost like struggling to come up. It's like struggling to, to get its run. And the thing is that it needs to reprice. Something has to reprice. Either Solana reprices upwards, Or Aptos reprices downwards because you cannot have two chains that are quite similar in nature in terms of the fact that they're not EVM chains, one of them with so much more development than the other. And the one is trading at a a fully diluted market cap of 12 billion and the other one trading at a fully diluted market cap of 16 billion. So the trade that I've taken is I've gone long Solana and I've gone short Aptos. And the reason why I've done that is because then that way, what what I'm thinking is I think Solana reprices upwards and Aptos reprices downwards. And then I get both of them. So I think Solana goes up when the market realizes that, um, that, that, that it needs to be repriced and that the FTX overhang will take a long time to come into the market. And I think that it will reprice Aptos downwards. Now, I wanna show you some other stuff on Aptos and why I've taken a short. I've taken a, quite a big short now on, 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 um, on, on Bybit. Um, and I took another short as well on, on BitGet. So the reason why I'm saying that is the first thing is the perpetual volume on Aptos popped this week with the Aptos price itself. Volumes fell off initially, but have now exceeded October levels, okay? Volumes, okay, so that's so we know that the perpetuals volume has exploded. Aptos had an insane price run in January, but it had little effect on the on-chain activity, which meant that most of these, most of this price action was in perpetuals with price speculators, And it wasn't actually people buying spot and driving the transactions up on on the chain. We also saw developers offloading Aptos development team starting to feed feed the Korean ducks because we know the volume came from Korea because of the hackathon in Korea. And we saw the developers feeding this this frenzy. Now I want to see if I can find another tweet here. We're going to do roll call again just now. So don't don't think that we've forgotten. If if you're not here, we will do roll call again in a few seconds. I have to try and find this tweet for you guys. Let me see if I can find it. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't have the tweet, but the tweet alluded to the fact that the narrative will move away from from Aptos now. And when the narrative moves away from Aptos, Aptos gets repriced. So my bet is Aptos gets repriced downwards, Solana gets repriced upwards, or they both get repriced lightly downwards. Then I make money on the Aptos short and I lose money on the long and the two net each other out. So. That's the trade that I've taken. I'm also very long Rweave because I think that Rweave has been suppressed and underpriced. And I think that it's fundamentally a very good project with a very tight token supply. And the smartest people in the, in the space uh, are, are buying Rweave. So for me, that's another one that I'm buying. Well, I'm not buying anymore because I have a lot. Now, the, the other one that has exploded is DYDX. We got you into DYDX around $1.50, close to $1.80. For those who didn't take the first trade, I think Sheldon even went in at $1.20. Right now, if I look at DYDX, um, it is trading at, hold on, let's have a look here. That's Silvergate. Let's just go into DYDX. We're going to talk about Silvergate as well today. So DYDX um, is trading at $3.05, which means that if you would have got into DYDX in the beginning of January, you would be about 200% up on that trade. Now, the question is, do you still buy this? Because it looks like it's running. So for those of you who don't know what DYDX is, DYDX is a derivatives exchange. But unlike Bybit, BitGet, Binance, it is a decentralized derivatives exchange. So it competes with the centralized derivatives exchanges and it competes with the likes of GMX and GNS. This is their their front end. DYDX is by far the largest, uh, perpetuals decks in, in a decent perpetuals decks in the world. Okay, it's, it's by far the most established and largest perpetuals decks in the world. The reason why the token price was down is because there was a major token unlocked. That token unlocked has been delayed, and the team have now confirmed that there are no more token up unlocks. Not for the team, not for investors. They've all been moved out by one year or close to a, to a year, which corresponds to their launch on Cosmos. So, so that that's a big thing. Um, if you're unsure of the power of decentralized exchange, of, of perpetuals exchanges, perpetuals exchanges are much more valuable than spot exchanges because people trade there way more often. And you can see that in around 2018, the perpetuals, which is the red line over here, volume on crypto beat the spot volume on crypto. And since then, it's always been bigger. So perpetuals exchanges are always going to be bigger than spot exchanges. So why am I telling you this? Because if you compare, and I want to just quickly get you a comparison just to show you a few things. So if I get you, uh, hold on a second. Let me get you a few charts to show you just how, okay, here we go. So if you look at the DYDX um, volume versus like a Coinbase volume, uh, let's see if I can actually get this in a proper chart. See if we can, let's see if we can, if we can work this out. In a nutshell, I think that DYDX is doing much more volume than, than Coinbase. Uh, okay, it's, it's a bit complicated to see here, but DYDX is doing a lot more v- volume than Coinbase, and it is by far the biggest uh, uh, decentralized perpetuals exchange in the world. Right now, it has a $3 billion fully diluted valuation. Coinbase has a $10 billion fully diluted valuation, or even more, maybe even now $20 billion, given the fact that the price has gone up. In fact, let's quickly check on Coinbase's fully diluted valuation, Um, Coinbase has a fully diluted valuation of uh, $13.2 billion. So if you look at it just on that metric, it kind of feels like DYDX has a lot more upside. And that's why people are aping into DYDX. It's a hot narrative. Would I be jumping in now? No, I'd be waiting for a pullback. Would I make sure that DYDX is on my my buy list? Definitely, definitely, definitely. You can see all the big people are talking about it. Avi Feldman, Andrew Kang, um, all talking about uh, um, uh, DYDX. Um, you can see that, you know, that they last year they traded four hundred sixty-six billion dollars. They grew hundred and forty percent year on year between twenty twenty-one and twenty twenty-two. You have to keep DYDX on your on your, on your radar. It's, it's just one of those things that it's, I think it's the, everyone makes so much noise around GMX and GNS and they forget that actually the biggest derivatives exchange by far is DYDX. And yeah, so, and I mean the way DYDX works, it's around a buyer and a seller who trade. Whereas GMX and GNS work with an oracle that feeds them the price. And then you're almost playing against the casino. So for me, DYDX, um, very good bet. We, we've been long. We, we told you guys we were long. We told you guys when we were buying, we're we're we holding our position. We're not selling anything at the moment. We'll let you know if we do sell. Um, I also said to you guys earlier this week that it seems like this pump is actually starting in Korea. And that the, if you could just follow the money in Korea, then you would, or in Asia, but specifically Korea, then that would give you an unfair advantage. Now, one thing that I saw here is I saw that the... Um, the metaverse tokens are now being picked up by the Korean exchanges. And the Koreans have traded, it says here, two charts, South Korean-based exchange up, but flipped Binance, the world's largest crypto exchange by trading volume in terms of volume for metaverse tokens. So what you can see is that the um, the Koreans are now starting to trade metaverse tokens. Which metaverse tokens? That's what you got to try and find out. This chart was around um, Engine, Mana, which is Land S- Sandbox, and Axie. I also see them now starting to pick up on Illuvium. So there's a lot of talk all of a sudden on Illuvium. It has jumped a little bit, but there's a lot of talk around Illuvium. So I would keep Illuvium on my watch list. Let's quickly just look at, at what Illuvium is doing. I know it's gone up a bit, but if the run continues, it looks like the Koreans are starting to, to get into it. So uh, Illuvium is 63. Uh, 63- 60, 75% from its from its lows, um, which which is lagging some of those, um, some of those on the market. Uh, another one, which I think is pretty good to look at, we don't talk about it enough, is Filecoin. So what I saw was that Filecoin, according to a Masari report, now we love Masari, we think they're very credible. According to a Masari report, decentralized storage networks range from Seventy percent to ninety-nine percent cheaper than Amazon. That could really mean that 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 these guys disrupt the cloud market because you get decentralized storage um, at way cheaper than um, than than Amazon. Now, if that happens, the one token that I mean, we've spoken about are we the one the one that I like, but we haven't spoken about enough is Filecoin. The reason why I think there might be value in Filecoin is that when Filecoin did the ICO, the ICO price was around $5. Now, where is it now? It's trading at about $5. Yes, it did go down to about $2.50 or $2.30 that one weekend when everyone thought that Barry Silbert or when Barry Silbert was dumping tokens. Um, I think there could be value here in Filecoin. I just don't like the fully diluted valuation. So for me, Filecoin, probably a good one to look at um if you're looking to buy dips that's that's how i'm looking at it um what else oh let's talk about silvergate bank so silvergate bank remember i told you this was the the um the bank the crypto bank this crypto bank has had a very hard time they had a, a, a bank run in in q4 it's, it's it's not a token it's a share it had a bank run in q4 you'll remember that it survived yesterday there was an announcement that, that that uh, um, BlackRock has a 7.2% stake in Silvergate Bank. Uh, like the way I see it, I think I agree with this tweet over here. Uh, Silvergate Bank's shorts are so angry they got they got Democratic senators to sit to send illegal threatening letters. BlackRock owns Circle, which is USDC. Now they stepped in for 7% of Silvergate. Silvergate is what generates demand for USDC. 60 billion US dollars earning 4 to 5% and paying out zero. Do you think they'll let Silvergate fell? I don't think I'm going to let Silvergate fell So, to me, to be honest, I'm going to start adding a little bit of Silvergate to my share portfolio. You can make a lot of money buying crypto shares. Like, if you would have bought Coinbase at 35 bucks, you would have almost doubled your money. You know, Kathy would almost double the money. I think the same thing could happen here with Silvergate. It is risky, though. It is risky, and there's a lot of short sellers around. So, you know that you can make your own decisions now that you know that. Are there any more altcoins? Oh, whoa, 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 I love this. I love this. I love this. I love this. So read this. This is it from CoinFessions. So they, you know, they what you do is you send them a confession, then they publish your confession without publishing whose confession it is. And it said, a buddy of mine worked at FTX up until the collapse. He mentioned that the company seemed to be wasting money left and right. As a joke, I sent them a random invoice from a fake company whose webpage was blank with the words real company on it. The invoice even stated that there were no services rendered. To my surprise, they paid it. They they paid it, and so he kept doing it for eight months, and they ma- and he made over one hundred sixty two thousand dollars. This is a true story, guys. This is well, I think it's a true story. It's from confessions. So, um, this is uh one that you need to look at. The next one is evidence that, or in this um, Celsius report, evidence that Mashinsky was dumping Celsius on uh, on retail. About twenty five percent of the daily volume was actually Mashinsky. I think it dumped over. $3 million or something onto, onto retail. So just another 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 blow in the Mashinsky saga. All right, Josh, how are we doing on the likes? 1,600 likes, you got a few more seconds. Um, we, remember we bought some options uh, on Deribit. Remember, I think we bought Ethereum options for which were expiring in about a year. So let's just go to options. Um, I think we bought these options over here. So we bought Ethereum options, which expire at, I think, $1,600. You see, I, I own one position now. of I own one option of Ethereum, which gives me the option to buy Ethereum at $1,600 on the, in, a, in a year's time, on the 29th of December, 2023. We own one of those. We bought it for slightly more. We bought it for about $400. It's now trading at $397. As the price of ETH goes up, the price of the optional up and I can trade out of the option as well. Um, but right now, as it stands, I've paid about $400 instead of buying a full Ethereum. And I can now hold this option for a period of a year. And if Ethereum trades over 1,600 in a year's time, then I start making money on my option. So this week and next week, we will be buying more options. So if you don't have an account on Deribit, open up an account on Daribit. There's a referral link below. The reason why it's so important is we want you to start learning how to use options. Even if it's for $10 or $20 or $30, learn to use options because options are probably the cheapest way to leverage an entry. And we can't do it unless you guys have accounts. So go down, open a, a Deribit account, um, uh, put some money into it. Even if you put $20 or $50 into it, do the KYC, do whatever you need to do, and let's be ready to trade options. Um, All right, let's talk about the watches. So, look, we have to give away three watches by the end of it. If you are on Bybit and you want this watch, let's make sure there's 2,000 likes. I know there's going to be 2,000 likes today because there's 5,464 of you here. And I know also that all 5,464 of you will join us later on our Twitter spaces, right? Um, Go now, pin, pin. Just Let's just quickly help you guys here. Go to my Twitter, go to profile, smash this this thing over here and set yourselves a reminder and join us tonight. Peter Schiff's coming, Raul Paul's coming, Leia Halpern's coming, um, Macro Elf is coming, um, Alex Kruger's coming, um, Fred's coming, um, Jimmy's coming. Lots of people are coming. You guys are uh, Gabby the DJ's coming, Michael's coming, uh, Martin's coming, After Banter's coming, Chaos, I know he'll be there. Um, all be here, either be on the YouTube or be on the spaces. We're going to be doing both. The YouTube's going to be more visual. We're going to listen to pal. We're going to have a whiskey. It's going to be fun. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be, it's going to be 10 out of 10, really. It's going to be unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right. I know we have 2000, so I don't even have to check, right? I mean, we don't have to check. 1,800. All right. Well, I'm opening this spreadsheet. You know how it works. I'm, I'm going to open the spreadsheet in the meantime. And I'm going, guys, we need to give this Rolex away. Please. We have to give this Rolex away. Okay, I'm ready. If you guys are ready, I'm ready. If you guys are ready, if there's 2,000 likes, I'm ready, let's give away the watch. Okay, let's get a ra- I'm gonna get a random number generator in the meantime on Google. You know, I saw other YouTube channels giving away Rolex watches. It looks like we started a trend again. There was, there was another YouTuber, I think his name, Thomas Carlo. He he came out today, he said he's also giving away a watch. Everyone, we started a trend guys, well done. We started. We started the trend, everyone's gonna follow us now because they realize that, you know, we're trendy. We're trendy people. Um, okay. So 6,437 of you qualify. Let's quickly go 6,437 of you qualify. Remember if you win, if, if your number is the one that you're, okay. So today's number is 594. So I go into spreadsheet. I go to, to row number 594. I select a winner Okay, we've got 2000 I knew we'd get 2000 today. It's, it's obvious today. So lots of people here. It's happy. We're in a good mood. All our calls are making money. All right, so if you are account number 803-5589, I'll give you six hours today. I'll give you six hours. Six hours to claim the Rolex. If not, all you have to do is write us an email, giveaways a prove it to you, and you can have the Rolex. We will send it to you anywhere in the world, even to the United States. Because we don't care if you're in the United States. We're not the SEC. Oh, wait, hold on. Speaking of the SEC, we need to talk about this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There is something to talk about. XRP and the SEC. There was a massive, massive, massive victory yesterday. I want to quickly call it up for you guys. Um, For those of you who like XRP. And I know that's not everyone, because XRP is not for everyone. um, But the lawyers score a crucial victory for Ripple. Now, remember the library case where... The SEC sued library and won. Well, Library appealed the case and they said, hold on a second. Maybe you're right that when we sold our token, we were selling an unregistered security. But is it an unregistered security now? And the judge said, no, it's not an unregistered security now. Which kind of set like a bit of a precedent for, for Ripple, because maybe when they sold these, the the maybe the judge can rule that hey, when you sold the Ripple, it was a sec- the XRP, it was a security. But now it's not a security anymore which means you have to pay a fine and you move on. And so that's a massive, that's a massive, massive, massive victory for the XRP case. By the way, by the way, this weekend, I think maybe even tomorrow, I'm not gonna be here. I'm going to a, not even a conference, it's like a get together with all the biggest names in the industry, Brad Garlinghouse will be there, um, uh, CZ will be there, um, I'm going to Dubai. so. I will be doing shows every now and then. Make sure you follow me on Twitter because that's how you're going to know. But otherwise, I'm going to be there with Brad Garlinghouse and you know, all the other guys that are that are going to this, what they call an unconference. Listen, I'll see you guys again later. We'll be live on YouTube about half an hour before the FOMC. On Twitter, Spaces, about an hour before the FOMC. Be there. Let's continue this party. Let's continue this party. So I'll see you guys again later. Until then, have fun. Hold on, let's just check the markets one last time. We're such degens. We're addicts. We're addicts. All right. So, mm, mm, are we? Are we? Yeah. Are we? Got twelve dollars. This thing can go. This thing can go at twenty dollars easily. Easily. I, I know you're laughing at me now, but you, you know how it works. Right now you laugh at me, and then where's my where's my meme, James? Where's my meme? You all laughed
1: at me. Well, I have to say, you're not laughing now, are you?
0: You won't be laughing now. Join us later, let's see what Powell does. Until then, have fun, trade well, my friends.